I remember killing a bunch of people and then thinking, I don't know who they are or how they were related, but I'm sure that we never finished off that corporation. Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. I'm Brendan. This is episode 34. It's the 21st of February. I am joined this time with, with, by Catherine Byrne. Hello. And Adam Smith. Hello. Adam's back. I'm back. You've been gone. Yeah. I was on holiday. Actual holiday. Where did you go? I went to Kharkiv in Ukraine. And wandered snowy streets, um, ate nice food, at fondue. It's a famous Ukrainian delicacy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was great. I had a very good time. The rest of us have been slaving away. Good. Learning about all sorts of things. One of the things we've been learning about is JRPGs. Catherine's been learning about a particular JRPG, but we'll talk more about that later. (laughs) But basically, our theme this week is JRPGs. What are the good ones? What are the not good ones? What are the ones? What are they? I don't know. Do either of you know? What the 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 single JRPG? (laughs) What what is it? What What is is it? it? (laughs) Well, that is a that's a very very good question. (laughs) It's it's sort of. I guess just the the Japanese version, or you know, to take it at its at its at its sort of face value, they're just Japanese RPGs. Um, but as you may well have seen from the website, I did a I did an article about you know the the the, the best JRPGs. If you've never played one before, what are the best ones to get into? Because a lot of them are quite intimidating, I'd say, or require either a load of time for you to put in to actually finishing them or just kind of so bonkersly confusing that you're just like nope nope not even gonna <laughs> not even gonna go there um but yeah they're they're sort of they're just they're just uh very long story focused games a lot of them with nice combat systems all right i'm gonna this sorry that was a bit of a rambling th- answer <laughs> no, no 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 it's good it's good but to help people out, I'm going to give some examples of games. Okay, this is just a little early game that we can play. Adam and Catherine, I want you both to say whether or not the thing I'm saying is an R- a JRPG or not. Okay. Okay. You may or may not have to justify your answer. <laughs> this is good. Okay. I, I mean, Anachronox is going to be one, right? Well, it, it is now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, but we, I thought in this way, we'll narrow down... What is and what isn't a JRPG? Okay. Okay, you guys ready? Yep. Yes. All right. Undertale. No. No. Why not? <laughs> Wait, you think it is? It's it's, it's top dine. You walk nah, around okay, so, like you're in Pokemon. Yeah, so here's why it's not. It's uh, I think Undertale is a uh, experimental adventure game that has uses elements of JRPGs and other genres um, as kind of tropes that it plays with. But I don't think it is actually a JRPG. I think it's more, it's got more in common with the point and click adventure, even though it isn't point and click. Do you think that, Catherine? Yes, I very much agree. (laughs) Okay. Next one. Yakuza 0. No. No. Dark Souls. Also no. Oh, that is tough though. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's not, so, it is, is it? No, it's not. It, it, it is sort of on the border, though, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. I would just say that that is a, 
a, a, a straight RPG that with a little bit of action adventure in it. Kind yeah, of. <laughs> I mean, Dark, Dark Souls is, is an unusual one because it actually, I think, has more in common with Western RPGs in many yeah. ways, but is but is Japanese. Yeah, you know? it is It is a weird hybrid. And it's, yeah. it's, I, 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 would, I would almost put that in the same category as like something like Monster Hunter in that it's made in Japan and is sort of a role-playing game, but it's not a JRPG. Um, but yeah. I mean, that's, that... What, oh, that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think kind of at least... JRPGs now, as a if you know if you call something a JRPG, I think people mean a, quite a specific thing. In that, I think you're 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 thinking of like a Final Fantasy game, basically, mm. or a Dragon Quest, or uh, an, an ES game, um, which is spelled Y S. Those even those, something those like ones. Persona. Persona, I would say, is a JRPG, even though it's yes, yeah. Uh, at, it, at, that's kind of got all these different elements in it. it has all these uh, dating sim stuff, all this social stuff, time management yeah. stuff. But it still has fundamentally. I mean, for me, I think a JRPG has to have uh, dungeons, which are presented in a very specific way, which is kind of the you, you wander around. There's probably randomized combat, but not necessarily random encounters. But not yeah. necessarily. Increasingly, there's just actual like actual mobs on the map, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then combat is probably going to be turn-based, possibly a turn-based active hybrid um, with yeah. little menus. That's important. I think the combat style is very important, and it's going to be very linear. There's going to be yeah. a very strict plot to follow, uh, yeah. and a bunch of characters who you swap in and out of your party. So, let's see on on this list again. Is the Banner Saga? Is that a JRPG? No, 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 no. Because no. it's not made in Japan. <laughs> my sweet start. summer child. Where have you? Does it have to be? Does it have to be uppercase J? Like no other. It can't be a JRPG if it's not made in Japan. No, this is why I said Anachronox because Anachronox I think is a JRPG, but it was made in the West, it was made in America. But is, it, it, is that the it only one? Ch- child of Light by Ubisoft is also it borrows JRPG kind of traditions in that it has that turn-based combat. But I wouldn't call it a JRPG. Um, you know, I'd I'd say that it it has JRPG elements to it, but because it borrows mm. from things like Final Fantasy. But I wouldn't. I would. I don't think I'd classify that as a as a JRPG. Okay, let's do some more. Deadly Premonition. No. No. <laughs> oh, I feel like Alice would have something to say. About that. <laughs> no, Alice knows that Deadly Premonition is just a Deadly Premonition. Oh, okay, of course. It- it transcends genre. It is all things to all people. <laughs> uh, Might and Blade. Mountain Blade, absolutely not, Brendan. <laughs> uh, Tokyo Jungle. No, it's not. No. But it is very good. For anyone who doesn't know, Tokyo Jungle is a game <clears throat> set in the post-apocalypse where animals run around Tokyo and you control different animals and you have to get enough food to breed. And then you take... I mean, it start off as a pug, I think. Um or certainly some kind of small it's snuffly a Pomeranian, dog. I believe. Pomeranian, it's Pomeranian, and you lead, you find a lady Pomeranian or a man Pomeranian, depending on which one you are, and lead it back to a nest. You actually have a nest, which dogs don't have in real life. <laughs> and then um, you make little tiny dogs, and then you take over one of the little ones, and you try and make a better and better dog. Is this just a dog breeding sim? <laughs> no, it's it a, also, like a dog breeding sim. You go around eating other things and hunting and exploring. <laughs> buildings i mean it is this kind of weird post-apocalyptic adventure and then you can unlock new species to start as so you get to be stronger and stronger it's really so, weird really weird really good not, not a, JRPG. a jrpg no all right what about zelda also no, no. but i can under- i can understand why people might think at least breath of the world is a, J- is a jrpg because it certainly has a lot more RPG elements than previous Zelda games, but fundamentally, I'd say that Zelda is an action adventure game. That's but how is... it's not a JRPG. But how is Zelda close to being a JRPG when Assassin's Creed is not close to being a JRPG because they are really, really similar? See, I don't think Breath of the Wild is that close to being a JRPG. I think that a lot of the RPG stuff that Breath of the Wild adds is actually quite Western. Yeah, um, no, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I, I wouldn't say that Breath of the Wild is a JRPG, but I know yeah, that like yeah. there is discussion that it, you know, some people do call it that, and um, 
but yeah and I, I can as I say I, I can see why just because it, it has you know it has kind of crafting elements to it it has you know more kind of survivally um bits and you know other kind of things that you would find in it in a in a jrpg in it not sorry not in a jrpg in in a, in a traditional rpg something a bit like you know more skyrimy type based i would say mm. um but yeah it's it's still an action adventure game at its heart it's it's definitely not a jrpg what about rpg maker yes yes <laughs> <laughs> what about valkyria chronicles no See, I would, but I think it's also okay. another another kind of border case. Yeah, I think it's. I think possibly if if you have things like Banner Saga, which I would say falls into a kind of tactical RPG subgenre, I guess Valkyria Chronicles is the same on the JRPG side. Yeah, yeah, it's an SJRPG, a strategy Japanese role playing game, strategic Japanese role playing game. Okay, here's a, a, a last trio. Okay, Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Yes. Final. That's Fantasy. the only one. Final yes. Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> yes, they're all JRPGs. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. No, that is a, a film. film. <laughs> well caught, well caught. <laughs> Although some films are JRPGs. This is true. Like Pacific <laughs> Rim is a JRPG. <laughs> Made by a Spanish man in America. <laughs> So you know what I've um what I've concluded by going through this list with you guys is that there's only one JRPG and it's Final Fantasy. Pretty much, yes. When it yes. fundamentally it comes down to all JRPGs are Final Fantasy. So now we have to do an entire podcast about Final Fantasy. Well, and Dragon Quest. And Dragon Quest, yes. And what was the other one? Ease. <laughs> Ease. Do visual novels a lot of which originate from Japan, count as JRPGs, or are they just visual they're, novels by themselves? They're just visual novels. Unless there's some sort of levelling system and a combat system. Do you need a party then... for it to be an R- a JRPG? I feel like every JRPG I've ever played has a party, never yeah, a solo. There, there are certainly multiple characters, I would say. Mm. But then, I mean, you know, something like the Zero Escape, that has multiple people, especially the mm. last one where you do play as three three different people. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever call that a JRPG. That's that's just a visual novel, with like a, a. If anything, it's like a puzzle, a visual, a visual novel puzzle game because you've got to solve okay. all the different puzzles. <laughs> Here's a question. All right, if Dark Souls was done much much brighter, perhaps cell shaded, and when you hit the things, numbers came out of them, would it be a JRPG then? <laughs> okay, Ooh. I'll tell you. <laughs> I think you need to go a little bit further. Um, there would ha- combat would have to pause, right? When you went into combat, there'd be a cutscene, and it'd show you and the monster kind of displaying your <laughs> Face, strength to each other. Facing up against each other. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens some... at the start of every boss fight in Dark Souls. This would be every fight, though. This would happen like every five <laughs> seconds, like just constantly. And the it music would have to be, music, yeah, was... yeah, which would be quite jaunty. Like it couldn't be too doom laden. Uh, it'd have to get you pumped, um, <laughs> and there'd be victory stances when you beat the enemies as well. Um, and when you died, instead of it flashing up and saying you died, and then you you know come back to your bonfire and you've lost loads of stuff. When you die, it comes up and says you died, but you just have to go six hours back before four hours of cutscenes <laughs> because you didn't save. Yep. Then it's a JRPG. What about um, Near Automata? Is that a JRPG? Yeah, let's oh. Near Automata is another kind of genre straddling thing. Yeah, it's uh, so many things yeah. all at once um, that it's it's really hard to classify that one. I, w- yeah. I would I would say kind of I would veer towards the the no category in that it's, yeah, I, would I, I would say it's more of a as I say like a more of a kind of action. Uh, action kind of game than anything else but yeah it is that's that's another tricky one it kind of sits on the border of so many different things mm. fair okay so we've narrowed it down the only jrpgs are final fantasy um persona is 
Dragon Quest. Dragon oh, Quest and Dark Souls, if Dark Souls was a game. And the Tales games as well. The Tales of... Tales games. of Beresia, etc. Yes, all of those. They were JRPGs. Uh, for ages I was calling it Tales of Berseria. I still do. I was going to say, is that not how it's meant to be said? <laughs> that's that's how I would say it. Wait, have I just said it wrong the first time? I thought I yeah, was saying... Yeah, you said it wrong the first time. Right, <laughs> right. The time I thought I was saying it correctly for the first time in my life. While we're doing <laughs> corrections, can I just correct myself? Because I referred to Guillermo del Toro as being Spanish. He is, of course, Mexican. I meant Spanish language filmmaker. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize to everyone who was offended. Oh, especially yeah. Mr. del Toro. <laughs> that also was on my list. Metal Gear Solid. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely it's not. It's not an RPG. <laughs> you see, we, we got so far down the list and you were saying no to everything that I just skipped that one because <laughs> Did you I just was start? ashamed of guessing so many wrong ones. Did it get to the point where you just started adding any Japanese games to this list, Brendan? <laughs> well, no, I Is... was adding I was adding Japanese games to the list hoping to hoping to see which I was, I was just trying to see which ones qualified I you know what I, I was worried is... are we going for a broad definition here or for a very narrow one it turns out you're both very very narrow-minded <laughs> <laughs> the uh super mario rpg is an rpg is a jrpg yeah yeah that's a good one that's like that is a good one actually it's a good game if only nintendo knew what a pc was <laughs> <laughs> but even that one was only ever released in japan i think wasn't it that never came out on at least at least it never came out on the snares over here. It might have done it. I think yeah, it did in some North of the America. sequels have, and I think it yes. came out on one of the Game Boys, one of the handhelds, Advance or something. Maybe not. Oh, but, possibly. Um, I think that's definitely one of the ones that has eluded Europeans most. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the 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 Mario and Luigi have kind of the Mario and Luigi games are kind of the spiritual successors to that, and have all yeah, I think yeah. largely come out here, which are also excellent. If a bit long. Yeah, they are. They're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely funny. Like, they're really well written. Yeah. Um, very good. But JRPGs on PC, like, it's why I always think of Anachronox. I think Anachronox was one of the first I played. And of course, it's not Japanese. But it, I remember playing that and I, I didn't know JRPGs. I didn't grow up with them at all. I grew up with like an Amiga and an Atari and never had a Japanese console. Um, the first Japanese console I ever owned was a Dreamcast. And that was like five years after Dreamcast was dead. Like uh, It just wasn't <laughs> part of my upbringing. Um, so when I first played Nacronox, I, I, and this is quite embarrassing really, but I was like, this is the most crazy thing. I've never played anything like it. And I thought it was all completely original. I thought the design was, you know, this, this bizarre new type of RPG, genuinely. And I thought it was incredible. Uh, and then I realized it was quite a bad version of... Uh, a JRPG. It was just you know all the stuff that was happening in it was was borrowed from JRPGs. All the stuff I liked. Can you for maybe some people don't know who what Anachronox is. I've never played it, so I don't really know that much about it. Yes, explain to me what is an Anachronox. So Anachronox was um, it was quite a big deal when it came out uh, because of the company that made it. Um, it was uh, made by Iron Storm. Uh, and Ironstorm were the company that kind of span off with um, uh, Tom Hall, uh, who was at id, and John Romero. So it was kind of a super group. It was like, you know, Ironstorm was going to be this next big step for these ex-id guys. Um, and then, of course, they released Daikatana, which was John Romero's slightly disastrous FPS game. And then they moved on to Anachronox uh, and eventually Deus Ex. Um, but... Anachronox is this really bizarre game to make when you're a Western supergroup, essentially, because it's just a homage to JRPGs. So it's a science fiction game that's slightly cyberpunky, but very grungy uh, and very surreal. So there's lots of weird magic in it. Um, there's this multi-level city. There's a living planet that can join your party and punches people. It's really strange. <laughs> and it's a... Uh, I mean that's that that's that's pretty crazy even by like JRPG standards I would say. Well, this is part of the thing. It's it's got all this kind of surrealism shot through it, and some of it does feel a little bit like they're just like, oh, Japanese stuff is really weird. Let's just be really weird. <laughs> uh, so it's not very internally consistent. It's also not aping uh, Japanese culture in any way. I should say it's very much a kind of Western cyberpunk uh, science fiction story, uh, but it has all the 
things you'd expect for a JRPG. It has all those battle stances and stuff, the battle music, the victory poses, the parties of interchangeable characters, uh, a very, very um, simple but frustrating leveling system where you end up with three party members who are way more powerful than everyone else because you use them all the time. Um, and and yeah, it was only released on, on PC uh, and it became a bit of a cult classic just because it was so odd. And I think for a lot of people, it came out in 2001, but I think for a lot of people, it was just that back then you didn't really get JRPGs on PC. So it was it was just quite exciting. Um, and yeah, I, I like it. Uh, but I haven't played it for years and years and years. So I'd be interested to see how it holds up. This has been very instructive for me because I've always just thought of JRPGs as, apart from, uh, as any Final Fantasy game plus any game that's kind of a top-down view of one person who walks around and talks to people in a town. <laughs> There's certainly like, a lot of town town talking. Yeah, yeah. In a lot I mean, that, and I think that's the thing. There are distinct phases in JRPGs. There are the towns or villages where you talk to people and there's no combat. And then, and usually do shopping and resting. And then there are the field maps, which are the environments outside the towns in which you often get attacked randomly and find treasure chests and uh, secrets uh, and try to find your next quest. And then there are the dungeons, which are, again, usually more zoomed in and you wander around as a single person that splits into a party when you get into combat um, and usually complete quests. And there's usually those three phases. That's kind of how JRPGs are constructed. And when I think of them, they have to have those three phases to really be a JRPG to me. Whereas for a traditional Western RPG, you often have all those things, but they're much less distinct from each other. Like in Baldur's Gate, you might be in a in a village and there's an inn and there's a shop and, and a blacksmith and all that. But you're also doing quests and you can pull out your sword and get into combat in the village. And it's, you know, it's not a distinct phase of the game. Whereas in a JRPG, it usually is. It's like, this is this box. This is where you do this. Now you're in... That makes sense, doesn't it, Catherine? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there, there are certainly... I would say that's kind of... There are there are a lot of JRPGs now that are kind of breaking away from that. I would say that's mm, quite an mm. like a traditional view of a JRPG. I'm a very traditional. So something person. like Final Fantasy Fifteen, for instance, that's all like real time combat. The monsters are, yeah. are on the map, and there, you 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 still can't you know pull out your sword in a town or anything because it all kind of locks that stuff down. But I would say that there are JRPGs now that are they're a lot more kind of seamless than they used to be. But mm. I would still, I would still call those JRPGs, for instance. Do you think that Final Fantasy Fifteen, um, the some of the influences in that? I've played Final Fantasy Fifteen. I really like it, and one of the reasons I like it so much is because it does break some conventions, and all the stuff I like in it is the stuff that doesn't feel quite so traditional. Um, and a lot of it's the very obvious stuff. I love the cooking. I love the photography. Yeah. I love all the camping. I think it's also clever. Um, do you think it? It is influenced by um, non-JRPGs. Uh, yeah, or do you I think would, it I is would... just a JRPG stretching its wings a little bit? Yeah, I, I would say it's it's certainly got more, a bit, almost a little bit like Zelda in that it's it's taken mm. kind of elements from other just general role-playing games and kind of, you know, kind of grafted them on to its, its sort of classic formula, as it were. But I think it's still, it's still fundamentally enough of a, a JRPG for it to still hold up in in that classification than say, oh, this is just a normal JRPG, like uh, just a normal RPG now sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still something very distinct about it that that makes it that makes it a JRPG. All those things as well sound like natural extensions of what the old Final Fantasy games used to do, which was to give you like a little mini game or a little a little distraction, you yeah. know, a small thing to do like you would have to march in time with other soldiers and stuff in Final Fantasy 7, I think, or 8, I can't remember. And it would, you know, like, make you do a little mini-game, press the right buttons at the right time or whatever. Mm. But they don't... I don't. They, do they have those in the newer Final Fantasies? I don't think so. Well, you've got the fishing they, mini-game. Just, yeah, it's good. Yes, um, but it, it's, yeah. it's more like... It's more threaded throughout the entire yes. thing. Yeah, no, you know I, I, I think, mean? I think to an extent that was true of all RPGs that I think that uh, there was stuff that, you know, was inserted as a one-off mini game just because, um, 
yeah, the technology uh, allows those things to be threaded through much better now. I think as much as anything, that's just progress um, to integrate game systems together. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that Final Fantasy XV is so interesting to me is that some of its uh, some of its most interesting systems, and again, I go back to the photography because it's my favorite thing in the game. I want every game to have that. For anyone who doesn't know how it works, uh, it's not a photography system as in you have a camera and can take photos in the game. That's cool. I love it when games do that. But this is an NPC who is part of your party who takes photos during the day while you're out doing stuff. So at the end of the day, when you go to camp, he'll show you the photos and say, here's the photos I took today. Uh, so it's kind of this almost naturalistic um, storytelling device where uh, you're not doing this as a player. It's it's done by another character in the game, which just gives a sense of a living game, you know, that, that the characters are interacting and chronicling their own story. And I think it gives more personality to, the, to, to that party of people than almost anything else I've seen, like better than any dialogue system I've ever seen, because it just, to me, it convincingly enough says, hey, these people care about this adventure. Um, they're chronicling it and it's fantastic, but it's not a game system. You don't interact with it except to look at it. And yeah. Let's think about some of the other things that JRPGs need to be a JRPG, right? Do they need to have a card game or sport within the world that you can play and become the best in the world at? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of them certainly do have that. Um, But I wouldn't say it's a requirement, I don't think. No. Like a lot of, of, again, it, it kind of comes back to that kind of mini game aspect or kind of just one of the many side quests that you may end up doing in that I think say like Final Fantasy VIII you've obviously got Triple Triad which is its own kind of little card game I think Final Fantasy IX had a card game as well didn't it yeah uh, I yeah. can't remember what it's called um, and Final Fantasy X obviously had Blitzball which was just the the, the worst sport <laughs> ever uh, and really difficult my, to control my, um, my brother loved Blitzball he became a Blitzball champion he did nothing in Final Fantasy X, but play Blitzball. Yeah, my, my, my brother also went a bit nuts on the Blitzball. It's basically underwater football um, slash basketball. I, I don't really know what it what it is, but in order to get like one of the characters like ultimate weapons, you have to play, you have to like win, win a massive Blitzball tournament. And it requires kind of like tens of hours of blitzball playing. Yeah, and it's 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 not it's it's not a very enjoyable way to to to, to spend your your hours playing that game, I would say. But if you really like that character and want to get their best weapon, then you know go for it. But um, yeah, I, I I tried to play as little blitzball as possible, um, which was always a problem when it forced you to play blitzball because. You know, there, there is say there, there were certain points where you, where you had to do it, and it was part of the story, and it was oh that was that was horrible. But yeah, I don't think I can't think of any like I don't think Dragon Quest has any anything like that, and Final Fantasy fifteen certainly doesn't have a card game or a sport that which is surprising actually because it feels like you know when you go to all the diners and stuff in Final Fantasy fifteen it has the arcade machine. Oh yeah, actually. that's true that's actually. Yeah. yeah, it has, it has yeah. the um. What's it called? Monster Five or I can't remember. Yeah, what it's yeah, called. yeah. The little arcade. Yeah, the. Yeah, I never right. fail I at that. that. I can literally play it forever and not die, and I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I never really understood how it worked because you can play it. There's a separate app that they released. Like you can actually play that game on your phone. Why? Because Final Fantasy Fifteen is this all-encompassing beast that is, you know, this multi-platform experience now that you know, covers all forms of media, including your phone. <laughs> Catherine, we, I can tell you've been to have a, you've been to interview some of the technical <laughs> uh, people behind Final Fantasy Fifteen. I have, yes. Is it that obvious? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a link up to the, uh, the interview itself. Um, did you learn anything interesting? Uh, well, about the PC version, yes. Um, because obviously, like a lot, a lot of the information just generally about the game, like everyone, that's already kind of out there because it came out like a year and a half ago or something. Um, but the PC version, it it looks stunning. Like it's easily like the best, definitely the 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 best looking version of the game. And I think it's it does 
enough for certainly me to want to play it again and that's quite I, I don't often play JRPGs twice within the course of two years because um, usually once I've played you know once I played it through one I sort of like I need at least another five years before I go back to this because it was so long and you know I just need a break from it um, but yeah no I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing it again just because it does so many extra things not only does it look really nice but it, it, it adds so many different things that you know completely not not necessarily completely changed the way that you would play it but uh put enough of a spin on that initial experience for instance like it's got this quite weird first person mode now um which uh appropriately enough you tap n on the keyboard which i i can only assume that you know, end for, for Noctis. <laughs> you enter Noctis's face by play, by, by pressing <laughs> N. Um, that yeah, kind of puts you in this in this first person mode. Which on the PC version, it it looks it's it's quite disconcerting at first because you don't have, unlike every other first person game, you know, you often have a weapon in front of you. For, for 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 first person games, and this doesn't have that because all of Noctis's weapons are disembodied spectral swords that he only kind of you know <laughs> kind of magically makes appear when he's about to fight something. So it looks a little bit disconcerting at first, and even in combat because they only kind of appear when he sort of swings it as well. Tr- you know, traditional compared to tradi- traditional first person games looks really odd because it's just sort of like where is where is my weapon? I don't really know what I'm doing, but it. When you're not in combat, for instance, it just let it just lets you look at things at a much closer detail. And you can actually because obviously like now it's got support for four K resolutions and eight K resolutions, which is slightly mad and no one can even use because eight K monitors don't exist. Um <laughs> Why haven't they done it? I, I don't know. I don't really know. Um actually I tell a lie. I think you you there is one eight K monitor in the world, but it costs like two grand or something ridiculous because like but anyway um yeah it's 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 slightly ludicrous the number of things that they've added because yeah not only does it support kind of 4k and 8k resolutions it does hdr it's got dolby atmos sound which dolby atmos is a kind of um basically what you would kind of get in a cinema but better in that a proper dolby atmos setup involves it's kind of like a th- it's meant to be a 360 degree audio experience so you would often have say speakers in the ceiling for instance to get that kind of full you know rather than just it just kind of going around your head you'd get that full kind of audio being enveloped by sound which is kind of difficult to do on basically anything other than a cinema because even at home it's just kind of you know slightly silly is anyone going to do that for Final Fantasy Fifteen? <laughs> I mean, they might do, for instance, if you have your PC connected to your TV and you happened to have a an Atmos sound system, which even like at home, unless you actually have your own personal kind of home cinema, you can do it by buying speakers that point upwards, which are meant to kind of reflect the sound off the ceiling. Wait, in this <laughs> situation, I got lost here. Am I strapped to the ceiling at this point? Sorry? Am I hanging from the ceiling? No, you're still sitting yes. down. Yeah. <laughs> the... No, Adam, you're on the ceiling. <laughs> I'm on the, the ceiling. Speakers the speakers are pointing at me. at you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm still at home. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm safe. Yes. You're very, you're very And how do safe. I get down? <laughs> you have to call someone when oh, the yeah. sound is low <laughs> because they won't be able to hear you otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> But it is, yeah, it is slightly ludicrous in that the number of things that they've put into the game or kind of the, the technical things that you can do for it and basically no one in there, you know, no normal person, as I say, unless they've got some ludicrous setup that they've spent loads of money on, will be able to kind of appreciate it in that kind of level of detail. But I did ask them this and, you know, kind of, are you, they've obviously put like loads of work into making it, you know, do all these things. And it's like, but no one's going to be able to like, actually see this or hear it or generally appreciate it in the way that you kind of have obviously kind of intended it to be played um and they were just kind of like yeah we're not really too worried about people um you know being able to experience all the things it's more about providing the options for people who do want you know x y and z i don't think they're kind of intending it for everyone to play it in you know to have basically every single thing every little box ticked 
in terms of technical kind of achievement. They're just like... So you said to them, basically, no, very few people are going to use it. And they said in response, yes, but <laughs> Paul, Paul down in Cheshire might, or like... <laughs> like More or less. Um, but yeah, you know, they were saying like, you know, for people who really want the 4K resolution, you've got that option. For people who want to play it at 120 frames per second, they also have that option. Uh, you know, they might not care so much about the resolution, but they really care about the frame rate. So we put it at 120 FPS. Or, you know, this is, I think they, they just wanted to basically cover all bases so that no one would get upset that they didn't have it, you know, <laughs> that they didn't include one weird, really niche I mean, bit of PC technology. That's that's a good thing yeah i, mean, I, I would you know, say that's a good I, thing i don't see anything wrong with that that's no <laughs> Bre- brendan's brendan's mocking away in the background no i think <laughs> no just because he's not got not, 16ks i'm not mocking i think it is a, a complete waste of resources <laughs> i think yes. i mean like why i would if i was a developer i would take a few negative comments about it not having 120 frames per second but i'm so guessing that i could that's... have my developers work on something that would actually go in the game like a new frog or something some of this is probably future proofing though like if you yeah. de- if you develop this kind of support then it's built in for the future I, i'm guessing that that it's not just for this one game you learn the techniques and that means that when you do your next thing but the you- thing about the thing about final fantasy is that it's already future proof because they can just release this again in 10 <laughs> years time not really change that much and still sell it for 35 quid so yes. no worries <laughs> yes there is that as well <laughs> There is also there is going to be multiplayer in it though. Yes, yes. Yeah, so they what? they'll they'll add in the 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 comrades multiplayer expansion as a kind of and also all the the other the other kind of DLC episodes they all come with the PC version as well, which are kind of like the little what really should have been in the game I would have said. Um, they kind of hack little bits out that you that let you play as the other characters in your party, um, which certainly for like the the ignis episode which is was the last one that came out i think really would have helped if that was actually in the game like to and explain what what the hell happened in that particular story moment because it just kind of it has this terrible habit of just kind of as i say when you when you when i originally played it and obviously didn't know what the dlc was going to be at that point um it yet it just kind of felt obvious that like yep yeah, that's that bit's going to be dlc where that character goes off for a whole chapter and then reappears magically with a huge scar on his face or something um which in some cases it doesn't really impact the plot but as i say it's it's the the last one which takes place at quite a key critical story moment um would have been really useful to have actually in the game um as you were playing it normally see i've I remember reading some things about it when it came out for PlayStation 4 and people were saying that the story kind of feels like lots of it was hacked away, like yes, missing. Yeah, exactly. Like it didn't it didn't even make sense. Like the plot didn't follow from one point to another very well. Yeah. Well, I think this is this is also a kind of casualty of it being this, they kind of set out to make, this, it, make it this big kind of multi-platform, multi-media thing in that obviously the entire game's backstory is in a film that you've got to go and watch separately, the Kingsglaive film. That that basically explains the whole setup of the game, um, which it doesn't really do when you know when you when you first when you first start playing it. It kind of gives you a little tiny intro spiel, but really it doesn't really it doesn't cover um, anything to do. Or you know, really anything that happens in the King's Glaive film, which I would say is quite important, um, and contains quite a number of important story points. Um, you see, you know, if if I was at Square Enix, I would have taken the people off the one hundred and twenty frame per second team <laughs> and put them on the make the story make sense team. Yeah, but I mean, all 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 of this, all of this was kind of like the, the PC version. Basically, only really started like in. After they'd released the 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 the, the console version, in that That's it, fair. It, it was planned, obviously that they they definitely had planned to do a PC version right from the start, but they didn't really. I don't think they really started working on it until, like Nvidia, I think only came in at the beginning of I think it was 2017 or something, because um, they they've in, they've integrated a whole load of Nvidia special Nvidia things 
like the hair works, which looks amazing. It really looks properly brilliant. Um, and, you know, all, all of their stuff came in like after, after the um, console version came out. So it's, yeah, I mean, I, I can certainly, it, it's, it's a hugely flawed game, Final Fantasy XV, but I do kind of love it at the same time. There's something about it that I just really like, even though, like, I know it's it's the stories all over the place, which is, I would say, arguably one of the most important things in a JRPG to have a good story, because you know that's that's basically the thing that propels you to go from the beginning all the way to the end. Um, but yeah, it is it is it is a mess of a game, but I do love it for for some inexplicable reason. Um, there's just something about it, a bit, you know, a bit like the photography and all the, well, it's all the little mm. things that I just really like that somehow managed to, you know, make gloss out, you know, that that kind of patches up those really weird bits that it doesn't really work. And, you know, I, I, I still remember it very fondly, even though I know it's, even though I know it's all, it's all over the place, really. I'm the same. I really, I liked it a lot. I've not even finished it, but I, I really, really like it. And I think it's so rare to get a game that's um, that is so messy and strange and kind of experimental, but also so polished. You yeah. know, it's it's really rare to see that. I think if um, you released Final Fantasy Fifteen on Steam with a different name, and it you know it didn't look as good as it does, like it just technically was nowhere near where it was at, then people would be like, you know, this is the weirdest, like strangest yeah. <laughs> little RPG, and people would adore it because it'd be so odd. Yeah. Um, because it does have so many cool elements to it. I I've never seen Kingsglaive, and uh, I was quite thankful actually at the beginning <laughs> of the game that it, there wasn't a big exposition dump. I quite oh, liked yeah, that it's no, just certainly. like, like okay. but I think yeah. just a, a small brief summary would have been just quite useful. But, uh, <laughs> see, I got frustrated as soon as I realised that it wasn't just a plot about a wedding. Yes. Um, and I, I knew it wouldn't be, yeah. but like there was part of me that just thought, if this is just a game about going to get married, and it's just basically these guys on their last ever trip together before one yeah. that gets married it's basically just a uh, giant stag do with a bit of saving yeah exactly at yeah. The end of it. <laughs> and it's like yeah i was just like please let no one try and end the world no one start a war <laughs> just let us have a good Alas. time it's fine yeah and then it all goes wrong yeah is that a a, a repeat a recurring element from all jrpgs do we think or is that just a final fantasy thing you know to start off a kind of a simple idea like the start of Final Fantasy fifteen is going to like doing a last trip before a wedding. The start of Final Fantasy seven is like being in a terrorist group, <laughs> uh, and then and then it always escalates. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, always, yes. always escalates. There's... Does every JRPG need to escalate, or does, yeah. is it just Final Fantasy? That I think it's a standard RPG thing in general. Yeah. Like uh, escalation is just such a basic, you know, um, hero's journey. You know. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't start off as particularly special and then you get tight, wrapped up in things that become bigger than you are. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it's unique there's, to the RPGs There's either. usually, at least in JRPGs, there's usually quite a big plot twist or there's a huge betrayal or something quite major happens, I would say probably about halfway through, um, which, yeah, then kind of completely changes the, both the story and your your, your goals in general. Um that that's quite a common theme, I would say. In that, I know that it's I know that it's like common in every game and every story. Like escalation is a thing, you know. That that that's how plot works. Is you know, it starts off. Here's the introduction. It's quite slow burning. Oh no, <laughs> my child, my child or dog has died. <laughs> I need to go and go go and kill people. Things need to happen. All right, but what I'm saying is that in JRPGs it escalates, right? Yeah. But then it never ever stops escalating. It's no, kind of an exponential yeah, yeah. rise. There's no, there's no, there's no upper, upper no, limit. Nobody ever it. applies the brakes in a JRPG. <laughs> no, like it literally in every one, you do end up fighting God at the end. Like it, it goes yeah. that yeah. far that you know you you have your you have your what you think is the main villain, and then there's always a villain behind them, and then usually there's another villain like on top of them, even even more. Is so. the, is it? Is that last villain often someone you thought was a friend or an ally earlier on? Sometimes, or is, have we gone yeah. That well, even? I I would say that the 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 betrayal element is often either that first or second boss, and then right, the third right. one just goes completely bonkers. Like for instance, like, I I always remember like Final Fantasy Nine, 
as a classic example of this in that you've got like Kuja who is the the main villain throughout the game and you fight like right at the end um but there's also like the, a chap called Garland as well who's a bit evil um and then out of nowhere literally nowhere like the final boss is this thing called like Necron which is like where did this come from i have no like basis of where this the where this thing suddenly appeared from and yeah it just it's just some random like god creature that is apparently the ultimate foe and it's just sort of like what where did this thing happen it, i don't understand it feels like <laughs> it feels like they almost learned from that because in final fantasy 10 <laughs> yeah i love how we're just running through these these final fantasies <laughs> everybody who hates final fantasy is going to just have switched off halfway yep. through <laughs> But in Hello. Final Fantasy X... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Adam. No, I'm joking. Uh, in Final Fantasy X, it does the same thing. But it kind of makes narrative sense, because in Final Fantasy X, you, first of all, you're fighting a giant monster called Sin. Yes. Who is, who is I, I'm get, you know, basically a giant... Whale. ...manifestation of all of humanity's sins. Yeah. Who, just, who periodically comes up and destroys civilizations. Yeah. In, um, in whale form and then yeah and then you start to fight the church yep because like <laughs> because they're kind of involved in all this shitty business and then you fight at the end again you fight well you fight your dad first in between but then you fight god <laughs> yep um but but it makes sense that that's the steps you're making because it it is this kind of weird mm. But I would say that yeah, I would say like Final Fantasy X, you've got all those kind of villains appearing to like you know that like the church is evil and there's a particular dude in the you know like the shady Seymour guy that you know he he appears and is kind of a constant threat presence throughout as well as Sin. Like he doesn't sort of. I would say that those enemies are you 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 know about them straight away and they're not kind of suddenly plonked in at some random point saying i'm the big villain now surprise um i would say that a lot of jrpgs do tend to do that they just kind of suddenly reveal like another villain out of nowhere mm. um, this this might be a more modern thing though because i remember being surprised going back and playing final fantasy 7 and when i beat the final boss in that the game ended and i went wait hang on <laughs> <laughs> Where's the person behind that person? <laughs> yeah. Like that that last boss was too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Can I quickly just recap the plot of Final Fantasy VII as I remember it? Because I have yes, played Final oh, Fantasy VII. Please it's one do. of the few ones that I've played. So, and this is this is everything that I remember. There okay, was a so haunt- spoilers or possible spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, I mean some of these spoilers won't be true, so <laughs> just as a warning. Um there was a. I started off, and there's an there's a, there's baddies, a corporation, and I think that they're anti environmentalists. They're kind of destroying everything with industry, so we're going to stop them. Um, and then uh, there was a haunted train station or something, and I don't know why that happened. <laughs> and then I went up a tower and I had a fight. No, seriously, there was. I remember there were ghosts in a train, and then I went up a tower, yeah, um, tower. fought loads of guards, and that was the first bit where I was like, this is actually the plot. I, I, you know, that was about four hours in. I thought, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I don't know why I was killing ghosts, but now I'm fighting the corporation. <laughs> so I went up the top of the tower. Uh, there was a bad guy there. We, I think we killed him. Uh, so I thought we'd won. And I was like, that was quite a short game. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And um, why is there another disc? You know, whatever. Uh, and then I think, I guess the tower blew up because they attacked it with helicopters or something. And then we were in a theme park or a casino. I don't remember how we got there. Um, and that was quite nice. And that that was... Someone put the brakes on then. I remember that. That was kind of a chill moment where we were just in a casino. And I don't think anything bad happened there, but I might be wrong. And then there was an astronomer. And he started looking at stars and saying that there was some cosmic horror. That's what I remember. So then we killed that. And then I thought <laughs> the game was over again. Uh, but I realized we hadn't killed Sephiroth, who's the guy who killed... One of my buddies, everyone knows that, Eris, he killed her. Um, so I was like, we need to kill him at some point. And then I genuinely thought maybe he was the cosmic horror thing. And I missed the plot point, but I didn't know. And then I just switched off. And then it went on for another 20 <laughs> hours, 30 hours. Um, and at the end, similar to what Brendan said, I remember killing a bunch of people. Oh, well, monsters. 
and then thinking, I don't know who they are or how they're related, but I'm sure that we never finished off that corporation. <laughs> like, right, right back from the beginning, I think they were still doing their bad stuff. I don't know. I think yeah. we just forgot about them because we got distracted by monsters. <laughs> Shinra is the name of the corporation. Shinra, that's right, yeah. yeah. And you do, you do kill their president, I believe. In that tower, yeah. In yeah. that tower, but I think... Is it his son or someone related to him? Or the next person in line to the throne of the corporation? <laughs> Isn't it Rufus or something? Is it Rufus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you run an evil corporation and somebody's trying to stop you, just distract them with loads of monsters. And they'll just, just be like, let's just kill the monsters instead. Just distract them with Cosmic Horror. <laughs> Coca-Cola, you don't need to take up all these lawyers and stuff. Yeah, you just look need over a there. giant, a giant beast called Jehovah. Yeah, and and then they're just going to be throwing planets at that forever. It's not Jehovah, is it? It's Jenova. Jenova, yeah. 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 (laughs) Jehovah is a completely different thing, but you do kill that in Final Fantasy as well often. But yeah, none of it made any sense to me, Um, but I quite enjoyed it. Uh, But I was very concerned about the fact that we didn't seem to have resolved our first quest, even by the end of the game. (laughs) I felt like we hadn't really dealt with it. You also, as a group, probably do more damage to the environment than you yeah. stop. Well, we, so. we literally were throwing meteors into the earth just to kill like sheep at some point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. We still have a submarine as well. I remember that. I'm going to make a recommendation for anyone who wants to know kind of really what happens in Final Fantasy VII. And it's to watch the... This is bad because I'm recommending something on Kotaku. It's okay. It's to watch Tim Rogers' series Found in Translation, um, which is about him trans, like examining the translate the Japanese to English translation of Final Fantasy VII as he plays. So basically, rounds up a lot of plot stuff, but talks about the little words that don't make sense or wouldn't have made sense in English and how they've changed it. Um, and he mentions all these like lots of bad translations as well, and it explains a lot if you're a big fan of it. It explains lines that didn't make sense or parts of it that didn't make sense. I didn't understand for ages that there's a part in um, Final Fantasy VII where you go to basically a slum and you go into what it's a brothel. Oh, the cross-dressing bit. It's like a meal, but you go into like a meal-only brothel. And I don't think both times I played through it as a child and as an adult that I understood that was a brothel. (laughs) 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 I just didn't. I don't think I got it. Um, but yeah, it just explains like a lot of little, uh, reasons why people say what they say. Um, and I think it's very good. So I'll link, I'll put a link to it in the just description. Just very quickly on translations. Um, this is uh, when I was in Ukraine, there was an old chap in the street and he didn't speak any English. Uh, we couldn't communicate with each other, but he was gesturing to me for help. Uh, and I helped him cause he was basically struggling to walk to so the ice. So I let him lean on me and helped him to get to where he needed to go. And he sat down and he had realized I was trying to speak English to him at some point, I guess. And he gave me a double thumbs up and just said, thank you, Mr. American. (laughs) So so that was good. Do you know what we should do? We should find out what the readers think of JRPGs. Go on then. Let's find out. Uh, I've asked, uh, what are your favourite JRPGs and why? And what counts as a JRPG anyway? Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> We're going to open this can of words again. God. Oh, wow. All right. Usually when I ask <laughs> questions, I get like a little one line or three word answers or people just saying things. Um, but in this one, I've got quite a few that are like using the full character kind of Twitter to try and, <laughs> to, to try and answer what they think is. So not only did JRPGs escalate and never stop. Yep. Fans of JRPGs. Oh, yes. <laughs> never stop talking. Much like we haven't. Okay, let's just pick some. Uh, war, war, death, war, death says... <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he or she has given a big list. Uh, Final Fantasy IX, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, Kudelka? I don't know, Kudelka? I'm not sure I know that. Also, Space Funeral... Oh, yes. So there we go. Is Space Funeral a JRPG, do we reckon? I've never heard of Space Funeral. Oh, wow. Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. 
You, I'm gonna look this up now. You mustn't have read your initiation pack when you joined up. <laughs> yes. Um, and when I say read, I mean ingested because it is in pill form. <laughs> Adam, who, who, which, which of us should explain Spears Funeral to Catherine and anyone else who doesn't know what Spears Funeral is? Uh, Space Funeral is um, a. It, I, you know, it is a JRPG. <laughs> I think it is a JRPG. Um, but it's made by an Irishman. It's made by an Irishman. That's fine. It's a, is it not just that I meant Joycean. <laughs> I don't know. J stands for Joycean in this sense, but um, it's a yeah, it's it's a RPG. I don't know if it is RPG Maker, but it's certainly RPG Maker esque. If it's not a uh, top down um, game in which yeah, there's there's blood, there's um, there's weird horses. Um, it's just it's a surrealist JRPG, and it's wonderful. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a go. Space funeral. Is a Irish JRPG. <laughs> Irish JRPG. Featuring a boy called Philip who wears striped pajamas and cries every time you take a step. <laughs> Fair enough. And his his sidekick Leg Horse, who is a horse made of legs. <laughs> uh, and they go on various adventures to see what's wrong with the world, um, because there's something wrong with the world. And they end up speaking to various people and having a good time. For instance, they go and see Dracula in his cave at one point. Mm. Um, and the um, opening menu, as <laughs> anyone who's played it will remember, is just the only options on the main menu are blood, blood, or blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely recommend that. That's a good JRPG. Yeah, it um, is. Sorry, we got distracted. Let's see what else people are saying. Um, BPY6 says, Persona series is the only series that clicked with me, and I've been trying JRPG waters often for the past 10 years. It seems I don't like the genre overall, but Persona is a whole different story for some reason. I'm absolutely in agreement with that, yeah. even though I quite like Final Fantasy XV and there's been other bits and pieces I've, I've quite enjoyed. Uh, Persona is the only JRPG, well, Persona 5 specifically, the first one I played, it's the only one that I've ever really fallen in love with. I adore it. Vladimir Dermadontov, Dermadontov, sorry, uh, says Valkyrie, Valkyria Chronicles. You guys said it wasn't a JRPG. Said it was a hybrid. Yeah. He says it is. A border case. Um, he also says, unless we count the Soulsborne series as a JRPG, which would most certainly confuse everything. <laughs> um, we got some people saying Final Fantasy Tactics, Front Mission 3, Xenogears. A couple of people have said Xenogears. Yep. Um, Eternal Sonata. Oh yeah, oh, one. God, I played that. Yeah, that's a really weird game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's weirder in concept than it is in actual practice. Sadly, it's a game about uh, Frederick Chopin. Yeah, uh, and the entire game is set within a world that a uh, Chopin's kind of dreaming in the last hours of his life. So he dies of tuberculosis. <laughs> wow! But it's not made by Ice Pick Lodge. Um, and and actually, this answers the question. If that had been made by Ice Pick Lodge, it would be a the guys who made Pathologic. It'd be some weird horror game. But because it's a JRPG, it's really colourful and full of rainbows yep. and pretty music, and it's just really nice. Yeah, it was made by Tri Crescendo, who also made the, yeah, that's right, the, yeah. the very excellent Bat and Kytos, which was a GameCube game that I really wish they'd remake. And oh, that was great. That, that 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 had a really good battle system that involved lots of cards and was just generally very mm. good. Mechtroid here says shout outs to Baton Kaitos, whose card battling system was basically Slay the Spire a decade before Slay the Spire was ever a thing. Wow. It's one of the few JRPGs I played all the way through, largely on the strength of its mechanics. Yeah. So there you I go. I actually bought also oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry sorry, they also say they also say also notable for having a one hundred percent speed run that's over three hundred and forty one hours long. <laughs> that's that that is also slightly mad. I actually ended up buying three copies of Bat and Kytos because I got to a certain point in both the first copy I bought and the second copy where it's just a literally a game breaking bug. I moved from one... I couldn't move onto the next area screen because it just kind of froze. Um, and that was how much I really wanted to finish that game because I, I ended up buying three copies of it just to get to the end. Uh, Luke Strutwalker saying, JRPGs is a thing that should have ended with the 90s along with boy bands and baggy jeans. Oh. 
But then you wouldn't so... have things like the excellent Xenoblade Chronicles, which admittedly isn't on PC. It's only on Nintendo consoles. But it is literally <laughs> the best JRPG I've ever played. And that was only released in 2006. And if you get rid of boy bands and JRPGs, then Final Fantasy XV is in serious yep. trouble. <laughs> mm, that is true. Like... This is also true. <laughs> um, Dactangle says, The Hyperdimension Neptunia series find a place in my heart a few years ago thanks to an article on your website. I didn't expect much from them, but I was delighted by the light-hearted parody nature of them. I didn't... I sort of... I'd, I'd, I'd heard of these, but I didn't really know anything about uh, the Neptunia games. And it's... It, they're, they're actually kind of a parody of like the console wars as in yeah there are characters yeah. kind of that are basically the playstation the wii and the xbox and it's just like really that's that is that is properly bonkers that's kind of even more kind of like mad territory than than jrpgs generally go into that's 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 proper proper crazy crazy mad stuff that's that that, that all those things Dark Tangle must have liked it because uh, they they say that Seven, the latest one, brought them to tears. Wow, with its story, so impressive. Must be something good about <laughs> it. Who else? Who else is here? <laughs> Ulf Hansen says JRPGs are off somehow. They have a strange vibe, like you're in a parallel universe <laughs> or something. I don't really care for them. <laughs> so <laughs> there is a good definition. <laughs> Games that put you in a parallel dimension and are slightly off. <laughs> Alvaro uh, Thalassinos says R- Racketeer. Reseteer. Uh, is it Reseteer? Re- yeah, Reseteer. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's Racketeer because you're a racketeering person. Oh, of God. Oh, oh, no. it is. <laughs> is that really oh, how it's going to be said? I always thought it was Reseteer. This has been a decade. Oh, man. A decade. I mean, like... Isn't that... That's what it is, right? I don't know. Well, it, obviously it is that. Yeah, of course <laughs> it is. I did not realise that. I didn't realise that either. I just thought it was Reseteer. I did, and I didn't know why. I just <laughs> Reseteer makes it. no, way. It's no sense. It's just a non-word. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. This is the man who just read out Hyperdimension Neptunia. <laughs> <laughs> but so that makes sense, because it says Hyper, this dimension, there's Neptunia. I mean, like... <laughs> this is another problem with JRPGs, in that they just have... Lots of them have really stupid names. <laughs> I mean, I did get Tales of Bizarria wrong earlier, so... I know, but Racketeer, that's, that's, that's very good. Um, but yeah, they say, Alvaro says, uh, it's a great combination of roguelike trade and good old remorseless capitalism. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> the perfect game for this neoliberal time. <laughs> I, did, I did recommend that one in my, in my sports, uh, Spawn Point article, because it was kind of like a... A, J- a JRPG that isn't really about like traditional JRPGs because you're in a shop most of the time selling people weapons and items that they then go off and do all the adventuring a lot of it so it's quite different mm-hmm. I would say to your to your typical JRPG and it's quite a nice entry point if you don't want the whole yeah. oh I've got a 60 hour quest <laughs> to go and do we've got lots of people saying uh, and he made by Shin Megami um yeah, Teal series, Final Fantasies. We're getting some people saying Lost Odyssey, Terran Enigma. Oh yeah, I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, that's a that's a SNES game that also never came out in the UK, um, but is apparently meant to be very good. In uh... damn it, people, we want <laughs> we want PC games that we can play. It's a bit like Earthbound. I'm... Like all this, all the great SNES J- like JRPGs never came out in Europe. It, there were only Japan and North America. So there's. I don't think Chrono Trigger ever came out here originally, um, or basically, you know, Final Fantasy four or six, or two or three, if you're weird, because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. they renamed them uh, because they never released two and three and five in uh, in the US. So they called four, two, and six, three. Okay, no, it, this is um, this is all going down a down a, <laughs> a, a road we don't want to go down. <laughs> they. Um, Secret of Mana remake just came out on PC. I'd forgotten about yes. that. Yes, it did. Yeah, um, which I've never played actually. Well, I've played a little bit of it, but I've never finished it. I played one of um, the kind of Mana games on the DS. I think it was Child. Uh, no, I think it's Children of Mana. Whatever. They're, they're, they're all right. they've all got very similar sounding names. I always get confused as to which one's which. But it was the one on the DS, and it, it was it was fine. It's kind of a, li- a bit more actiony, kind of Zelda-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel to it 
Did no one mention the Legend of Heroes then? Those ones always seem to come up, and the new one of those has just come out. Mm, is that the Nihon Falcon one? I think I've seen any of those. Yeah, the trails yeah. of the trails games. Trails, trails of, of Cold yeah. Steel. Cold, this is Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel two. Yes, they always get good reviews though yeah. on PC. Yeah, like, you know. But I think like uh, a, lo- a lot of a, lo- a bit like N- Nihon Falcon also make East, and they're quite they're quite hardcore JRPGs. Like they're right, they're right. the JRPGs for like the super fans. Um, often is okay. the impression that I, I haven't actually played any Trails games myself, which I should probably rectify at some point. Because I do, I do, I do want to give them a go. As you say, they they always get very well reviewed. Um, mm, but yeah, mm. I think from what I can, I mean, I, I I interviewed the 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 one of one of the chaps from Nihon Falcon not that long ago, and he was saying even he was like, yeah, we make JRPGs for like, <laughs> you know, the, the the you know the 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 real kind of hardcore people um, who really really like you know are really into their JRPGs. So I don't think they're a very good starting point for people. Um, Maybe mm-hmm. once you've got a couple of a couple of JRPGs under your belt, then that then maybe maybe progress to the Trails games. But yes, I don't think they're a very good starting point. All right, we're gonna have to wrap this up because we've gone over time talking too much about <laughs> RPGs. We've escalated. We basically kept escalating. Yeah, we're basically in god tier mode. So, in order to finish this podcast, listener, you must now defeat all three of us at once. <laughs> <laughs> a horrible god-like persona <laughs> made of all three of us um, no you don't well, you can just say bye uh, you can email us with themes and suggestions for topics that we can talk about in future podcast at rockpapershotgun.com we always like getting those things because they give us ideas and we sometimes don't have any ideas we are on twitter and facebook at rockpapershot and we are individually on twitter Catherine what are you? I am burninator Nice. Spelt with my surname, not B U R N. <laughs> and Adam? I am non economical. Okay, I'm Brendy underscore C. Um, thank you very much for listening. Please listen again. We promise the next one won't be about Final Fantasy. Dragon Quest. <laughs> It'll be about Dragon Quest the whole thing. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Mr. American.